morning everybody. Uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, God stories here. It's going to be awesome this morning. Uh, God stories number 93. I think it's uh, walking in the spirit part 13. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm sitting here in my office today uh, looking at a bunch of notes and stuff because i uh, Believe it or not, I try to pray about uh, a lot of things to uh, say uh, concerning learning how to walk in the Spirit or what the Spirit of God is like. Uh, this year, we have felt like uh, we are supposed to be studying on the Spirit Himself, His nature, how He moves, uh, how He walks on the earth, uh, different facets of the Spirit so that we can learn who He is and how He deals in our life. And uh, those that have been following us, those that have been on this uh, webinar, uh, it's been pretty deep. Uh, lately, we've been talking about how he, you know, births himself. We've talked about uh, family, how he works in family, how he gets us all together, how he, be, how he even used Jesus to, uh, after he was baptized and the Spirit of God came upon him, uh, the, one of the first things uh, that the Spirit of God had Jesus do was go find his family, go find his friends, go find the relationships that he was uh, connected with. If not, he could have done it because God has never done anything on his own. He's always been uh, not only uh, in partnership with the Spirit, but he's been in partnership with his son from the beginning and many others. But uh, we'll get to that probably later about how the Spirit uh, always finds someone to partner with. And uh, right now we've been talking about how the Spirit of God births our life and how it's behind the, uh, the scenes and how He moves and has His being, uh, getting us to a place of birthing and birthing destiny or birthing the purposes of God. And I, I, I finished on... Uh, the last week we finished on, you know, reminding, uh, I asked those that were uh, actually on uh, last week live that we would, uh, we would start off at uh, when the Spirit of God is about to be birthed, there's always a decree of terrorism that is against us. And what I mean by terrorism is not terrorism of like what we see uh, happening on the earth with, of course, part of it is, but we won't go into that, but uh it's not like a jihadist or anything, but the enemy will always try to send a terrorist type of attack right before the Spirit of God is birthed in your life. And uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about that because I want us to understand uh, this thing about Jesus and the Spirit. And uh, we've been we've been kind of scrolling through the scriptures of Matthew Matthew two and uh, the beginnings of Mark and so forth. But uh, I want you to turn to Matthew 2, uh, and I'll start in verse 13, because anytime the Spirit of God is about to be birthed on the earth again, uh, most of the time the, the enemy always sends out a decree or an attack on those that are about to birth the Spirit. Now, you've got to understand that, that key sentence, those that are about to birth the Spirit. See, the enemy doesn't care about us as just people. What he cares about is us getting an alignment with God and the Spirit of God flowing through our life. If the Spirit of God starts to flow through our life, then atmospheres start to change. Uh, people start to change. 
People we don't even know begin to change because uh, we are changing. Uh, humanity is connected to everyone, and when that one starts to change, it starts a domino effect in other people that are connected to those people. And uh, so anytime uh, uh, there is what we would call breakthrough or anytime there is a preparation where God has got you like in the boot camp of, uh, of uh, the school of the spirit or you're, you're about to go through uh, or you're going through major trials or you're going through a major attack in your life, uh, it's because the enemy doesn't want the spirit of God birthed through you because still today God has uh, chosen to use man to allow the Spirit of God to flow through his life so that it can be on the earth. You can see this is when Jesus was baptized uh, in the Jordan, the Spirit of God came up, not only, he wasn't only in uh, Jesus, but then he came down upon Jesus and connected with him earthly. And so at that point, the Spirit of God was not only able to dwell in man, but he was also uh, able to dwell on man to be upon uh, everyone else that he comes in contact with. And the enemy does not want that to happen. Even simply when you start walking in the, in the areas of the spirit or the fruits of the spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, all those things that the spirit of God wants to release on the earth, it changes atmosphere and, and it starts choking out the enemy. The fruits of the Spirit are the most powerful things you can walk in. It's not through just uh, magic hats and mystic uh, power. Uh, it's basically the natures of the Lord. And the enemy doesn't want that birth on the earth. Matter of fact, he, he would much rather you go to church uh, and be ba you're baptized in the Spirit, but don't live according to the Spirit. In other words, don't let him out. Don't allow him to be birthed in your life each day. Because when that, if that starts to happen, then you begin to change atmospheres and then the enemy starts being choked out. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what's happening for the first time uh, here with, uh, with Jesus being born, that the enemy uh, basically finds out that, uh, that Jesus is being born on the earth. But in, in the background of all this, in the invisible realm, the enemy knows that the Spirit of God is about to be able to be released physically on the earth again. And uh, he doesn't want, the enemy doesn't want that here because anywhere Jesus will walk now, uh, the Spirit of God will walk and then it will start choking out things. It will start uh, subduing the earth and it will start, the Spirit of God will start taking dominion and being fruitful and multiplying again upon the earth through man. And so he's trying his best to go after this child named Jesus so that the Spirit of God can't be birthed. And that's the thing. A lot of us take things personally, but it's really personal against the Spirit. The enemy doesn't want the Spirit of God to be coming out of your life or living in your life. He would much rather you have him inside, but never walk it out or never allow him to work in your life. Because if that ever happens... Uh, the enemy is toast. So here we are in verse 13. Just remember this. This is the spirit, okay? This is the working of the life of the spirit. It says, now when they had departed, this is Matthew 2, verse 13. Now that when they had departed, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Remember that. He, so the Spirit of God is talking to Joseph, saying, hey, you need to get up. You need to take Jesus uh, down to Egypt because Herod is about to send out a decree to destroy every young child, and we've got to save this, this one. And uh, the, to correlate with that, even with our life, sometimes the Spirit of God also will lead us into certain geographical areas on this earth. And we sometimes don't even have the type of details of why we're being led there. But I guarantee you, a lot of it has to do with not only your protection, but it has a lot to do with we're going to still walk the same pattern as the Lord. It may not be us going to Egypt, but we're going to, it's going to still be sort of the same shadow of how the Spirit of God birthed himself with uh, through Mary and Joseph and Jesus here. And so I'm sure uh, Joseph here is going, my God, why are we moving to Egypt? I mean, could we just go a few miles, you know, down the road and uh, let Herod come in and, you know, do his business and then come back in the city? But he doesn't realize that his life is prophetic. And you don't realize your life is prophetic. He doesn't know necessarily all of the prophecies of the birthing of the Son of God. Joseph is just trying to make it. He's just trying to figure out how to uh, be a good servant to what he doesn't understand. And that's, uh, that's the same way with us. Sometimes we do not understand what is actually happening in our life, but we're going to try our best to follow the Lord. And that's what's happening here. He is being sent to Egypt. And it says, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Isn't that amazing? That started, you can look back even in the days of Moses. He was a reflection of what was happening here. Moses was another reflection of the Son of God that out of Egypt, you know, I called my son. And sure enough, he did. He called a son, which was Moses, out of Egypt to deliver people out of Egypt. And now we're seeing a son going down to Egypt in a belly of, of, uh, of Mary but Joseph doesn't understand why he's going to Egypt, except he's being protected. And uh, a lot of times when God sends us to uh, geographical places to stay a while, we don't understand that we're shadowing uh, literal scripture. And we may not know exactly why we're there, but according to God's word, we're shadowing literal prophecies that was prophesied thousands of years ago. And, and uh, Joseph here doesn't realize all of what is happening here. He, he doesn't realize he's fulfilling scripture. And that's the same way with us. Uh, a lot of our walk that we do each day, if you're really following the Lord, you sometimes are dumbfounded. Sometimes you don't realize what, you don't know exactly the details of what's going on 
But I guarantee you, behind of every behind everything that's going on in your life, if you're following the Lord, you don't realize that you're fulfilling God's word in your life without you knowing. Of course, the problem with us is that we feel like we've got to know everything. But if you ever uh, come to the grips of, my God, Joseph really didn't know all the details that he was doing. Uh, man, I need to rest and just know that I just need to follow the Lord and not have to worry about this whole torment of not knowing. So he goes down to Egypt and then it says, then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, <laughs> that he was deceived by the wise men, that's an oxymoron, uh, moron, isn't it? Because, you know, we see these wise men, they were astronomers. Uh, they come to Herod and they're wondering if, you know, if he knows about the son of God being birthed. And Herod is very nervous because now uh, the, the, the enemy that's in Herod gets nervous because now he's realizing something is being done without him knowing. And uh, he gets a little bit uh, nervous because he's finding out that, oh my God, the Spirit of God is going to be birthed again on this earth. We've got we've to do something about it. And the enemy does that as well. Anytime you, even in cycles of your life, uh, there are times where there are different birthings, there are different uh, things that the Spirit of God begins to birth in your life. And this same decree, the same thing begins to happen as well. As much as the intensity of the Spirit of God that's going to be birthed in your life, that's going to happen, the intensity of the enemy rises up. And he tries to send out a decree or sends out a flood of words or a flood of demonic activity to try to get you destroyed. In other words, destroyed there with us today is to get you bitter, uh, to get you depressed, to get you to quit, uh, to, to get you, you know, so self-focused that you can't get out of your ditch. He's, he tries to send out all these decrees to keep you down so that you can never birth this, this next dimension of the Spirit of God. And believe it or not, uh, like I said, uh, God has chosen man, just as we're seeing here, to use man to put the Spirit of God back on the earth, to allow him to manifest on this earth and subdue it and uh, take dominion and multiply and being fruitful. And we can't be fruitful without the Spirit. And so the enemy is seeing this because we can see this in, even in Jesus's life. I said this earlier before we got cut off. Uh, when Jesus was baptized, when the Spirit of God came upon Jesus, then he, that, that was a, a manifestation not for Jesus, but for us to see that man has been used to connect heaven not only spiritually within man, but he's also uh, been called to connect the kingdom of God physically on the earth to subdue anything in its atmosphere here on the earth. And so that day, the spirit of God was not only dwelling in Jesus, but he also came upon Jesus and remained. And then John recognized that he was looking for that man that when the Holy Spirit came, came upon him and remained upon him, and he knew that he was the son of God. Well, that's what's uh, happening with us. The enemy does not want that happening 
He doesn't want the Spirit of God remaining upon us. He wants us to get into a place of the ditch and so and cause this dove of, uh, that lights on our shoulder to fly off. And, and, and the way that he does that is to get us depressed or to walk away from the real purposes of birthing the Spirit of God. So let's read on, okay? It says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. Now just remember this, and I, I won't go any deeper than this, but the Spirit of God, uh, when, there, when God starts really moving in your life and the Spirit is on your life, uh, just as it is here with Jesus and uh, Mary and Joseph, God will always send wise men in your life that are in the spirit and they recognize who you are and what is happening in your life. I like to call them fathers or mothers. These are men and women that have uh, gone through the years of failure. They've gone through the years of walking with God. They've been gazing in the heavens for uh, years and when a star is born, when a real star is born like you or me, uh, there are certain wise men out there that are not trying to be known. They want to be known by God instead of men. And they will find you. They will hunt you down because God has shown them that you're one of those that will truly birth the spirit, even if it takes death. And I've had that in my life. I've had the spirit of God bring men in my life, especially at a younger part of my age, and brought wise men in my life uh, to prophesy to me, uh, to sit me down and talk to me about the things that God is doing in my life, to take time with me because they had wisdom uh, from years of gazing at the stars, or you could say gazing in the heavens. And they were able, I was able to even back up uh, ask them questions and they would answer and they would help my baby or that spirit of God grow in me. Well, this is what these wise men are doing. They're, they're seeing a person that is about to be birthed that is young, but they know this young person carries the spirit of God and he is going to change the earth. He is going to rule uh, with a with a, a, a staff of iron or, or a, a, an authority of God. And uh, they recognize him, even at a young age. And uh, most men and women that have really walked things out with the Spirit, they will recognize those areas of the Spirit in your life, and they will encourage us, as they did when they went to Jesus in a manger and gave homage to him. They bowed to this child, uh, they worshiped, you know, they honored him. And if you find wise men or the elders or people that have walked with God and you find them uh, honoring you, it is a humble thing to actually see because they know that you're that next generation that will birth the spirit of God that's going to rule. And they're happy about it. They're not trying to lord over you. They're trying to help you and honor you and uh, father you or mother you into these places that the Spirit of God is going to lead you into. Then it says, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts 
from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, The voice was heard in Ramah, uh, lamentations, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And then, of course, it says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream uh, to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And here's the thing, you know, uh, the Spirit of God has now moved them to Egypt. And now that which uh, de has destroyed, wanted to destroy him, uh, is now dead. I want you to remember this. That which now wanted to destroy him is now dead. Uh, if you'll notice, uh, Joseph, Mary, nor the Spirit did anything about what was going on. They didn't rebuke the enemy. They didn't bind him. They just did what the Lord told them to do, and that was to go down to Egypt. And once they, when they go, when here's this is a true revelation with the, with the Spirit of God. When you start doing what the Spirit of God tells you to do, He will destroy the things that are destroying you in due season. You don't have to go hunt it down and try to destroy it. If you will move forward like Joseph and, and uh, Mary and Jesus, if you'll move forward into the things that the Spirit of God is telling you and not allow the things of what the enemy's doing to even come into your atmosphere and you move on with the God, God will allow those things that are trying to attack you to die off. But in order to do that, instead of trying to pay attention to it, you've got to move with what God is telling you to do. And that's what they did. They moved where God was telling them to do. And then the, the, the very thing that was trying to destroy them died. Most of us try to destroy the very things that are destroying us instead of moving on with the Lord. Please get that. Most of us are trying to destroy the things that have been decreed or to try to destroy us. And we focus more on that instead of what the Lord is telling us to do. And when you do that, you will find yourself in this place of getting destroyed yourself. We've got to do the things God tells us to do. And so the Spirit of God tells them to go down to Egypt and they wait until God allows there to be a death of that thing which was going to destroy Jesus. So how many of us are out there, the Spirit of God has led you to do something, but you're too busy, you know, you're too busy trying to do what the Spirit of God could do in your life. And so you take his place and you try to destroy the very thing that's been haunting you instead of listening to what the Lord tells you to do. That's a true revelation. It's mine says, uh, draw near the Lord, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist what? The devil and he will flee. So you've got to draw near to the Lord and he'll draw near to you. And, and if you do that in doing that, you resist doing things out of your own will to try to destroy it. And you do the things of God and then God takes care of your enemy. 
and he begins to flee. And that's what's happening here. The enemy is now being dispersed or fleeing from uh, that assignment that was was upon uh, Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Boy, wouldn't you like to destroy the assignments of God that are in your life? If you want to do that, start to repent back to the Lord and say, hey, I'm tired of trying to bind with stuff that you you need to take care of. I want to do what you're calling me to do. You start following him and he starts destroying those things that you think that you could have taken care of yourself. Man, wouldn't that be an awesome moment? Let's keep moving, okay? So he says, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it may be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So basically he's, he's uh, doing a detour here. And his detour is scriptural. Now he doesn't know it's scriptural, uh, but uh, the Lord does. And that's the thing. You don't have to know all of the things that you're doing. If you're, and uh, if you're like me, I like to know what everything is going on. Is this really in the Bible? Is this really scriptural? Well, Joseph didn't know exactly what was scriptural or not. He just had to do what God was going to tell him, was telling him to do. And when he did it, he was fulfilling scripture. Now here's the oxymoron. Here's the insanity of it. If you do what God's telling you to do, if you listen to his word, if you listen to his voice and you obey his word, you're going to be fulfilling something that is in his word, even in the Bible. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to know that you're doing it actually scripturally as well. But he's doing this. And uh, I think it's awesome that he's he's actually the spirit of God's being is leading him into all truth without him even knowing. Isn't that awesome? In other words, the Spirit of God's got your life, you feel led him. So, in Luke 2, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, and the census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up into the Galilee, up into Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, just so happened, just so happened, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Might want to underline that. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Why was there no room for them in the end? There's been so much 
you know, talk about this. Uh, well, and, and a lot of people say, well, I'm leaving because there's not room for me and, and all of this types of stuff, you know. But uh, God's going to birth himself, not in the end. He's going to birth himself in the open. He's going to birth himself in the world. He's not going to birth himself in, in places of confinement or control. Besides, uh, the thing that that Mary has is much bigger than to put in the end. It wouldn't be able to fit in the end. There, she's birthing God in a place that can't doesn't have enough room for it. You don't. Have, we don't have enough room. What we have in our in our spirit, there's not enough uh, room in this house to put him in. So he puts you in a precarious place to birth his spirit. Precarious place to birth his spirit. And he puts you in a place that doesn't line up with the way that we think it should line up. We think it should be, he should be birthed in a place that is perfect, like the end. There should be you know, breakfast in the morning. There should be, uh, you know, room service. There should be a nice cozy bed. Or there should be, we could say there should be a, a nice cozy church or there should be nice cozy people around us. Uh, all of the atmosphere should be perfect for uh, us to be able to birth the things that God has called us to birth. But that's not true with here with Jesus. He's not only not birthed in the end, the spirit of God is not birthed in the end He's birthed in a manger. He's birthed with all of the things that he is birthed on the earth. He's, he's not only being birthed with man, but he is actually being birthed in front of all of these animals. Because all of creation it was, has been, had been groaning for the manifestation of the Son of God. So he's not only going to show himself to people by birthing himself in a, in a manger and people coming and showing up, the right people that is, but he's birthing himself in nature as well to where the animals will even know that the son of God is now on the earth. Can you imagine the rejoicing that went on with some of the animals that were going up, that were there watching this happen? I'm sure their groaning stopped when they saw Jesus pop forward. And so here she is, she's wrapping this wonderful thing called Jesus, which is the manifestation of the spirit and she's wrapping him in swaddling clothes, just rags, basically. Uh, it's not. It's not a clothing. It's not a uh, an identity that we would think that God would come in. It's uh, it's in rags. It's it's in a it's in it's not with a, a cozy blanket for a baby. It's in something that you normally wouldn't wrap a baby in, and. Uh, <clears throat> as we would today. And that's exactly what happens with us. We think that when we're birthed by the Spirit of God, that we've got to have on the right clothes, according to our mind. In other words, we got to have the right mentality. We've got to get cleaned up really good and have that, that what we would think a uh, cloak of righteousness. And then all of a sudden we can be birthed. But if we're thinking that worry, way, that type of mentality, we're in self-righteousness clothes because you're thinking a, a way that you should be birthed instead of the way God wants to birth you. 
And then you start trying to put on all these different attributes that you think are God, and they're not the Lord at all. It's self-righteousness. And so what God likes to do is he likes to birth himself in someone that's like a manger, someone that has swaddling clothes instead of a kingly garment. Uh, you look at, uh, you look at uh, even John the Baptist, Jesus would even talk about it. He didn't come in clothed in, in priestly clothes. He didn't come in king clothes. Uh, he didn't eat the feast of uh, that that kings eat. He ate locusts and wild honey. Those are the type of people that God starts birthing Himself in, and that's you and I. So we've got to drop this self righteousness mindset because it it kicks us out of allowing the Spirit of God to be able to birth Himself in your sorry looking manger. <laughs> If you got swaddling clothes and you're a manger and there's a lot of smelling going on, you're qualified for God to birth something in you. That's what the spirit looks for. Remember, we've talked about this several times in the past that the spirit of God, when he began, it was dark and void. And then he hovered over the deep and then he started speaking, let there be light. And he produced light. Well, you can see here that here we are in the middle of the night. It's dark. I'm, I'm sure there is major chaos going on. Joseph is trying to find her a wonderful place to lie in. He's feeling inadequate. Oh, we don't have room for her. I'm sorry, sir. You'll, you can go out back and, you know, and, and put her in the manger. He feels like trailer park trash. He can't find a good place to birth the son of God. He can't find a good place. And see, that's, uh, for many years, I've always tried to find a good place or what I think of a good place where God could be birthed. And then he sends all this chaos in my life to get me to the place where he wants to be birthed. And that's what's happening here. There's chaos hitting this family. But they don't, we don't realize it's the Spirit of God that's doing this. Remember that. It's not the enemy doing this. This is the Spirit of God. But because it's not lining up with the plan of the way they think God should be birthed, there is chaos going on. And now they're having to go out back and, and find a trough and some hay and put this thing that God has said that he's going to birth in, in a place that would be dirty. It wouldn't line up with their thinking. So they're chaos. there's chaos here. And man, I'm going to tell you what, they're probably thinking, man, God's going to really be upset with us because we didn't prepare a place for him. Remember that. He's going to be upset. We didn't find the place that he wanted to be birthed. Oh my God. It's too late. No, you're right on time. Because God is causing what we would think chaos. We can see it now. They're chaos. They're having chaos. But the Spirit of God is leading them to the manger. He's leading them to the perfect place that he thinks he should be born in. 
And that's the thing we've got. We've got to lose our mentality of trying to prepare that place instead of letting him prepare the place and just be led by him. That's the Spirit of God is looking for people like this. They, they, yes, was I'm sure they were distraught, but what they couldn't do anything about it. She's about to have a baby, and they had to just have it wherever, what kind of, whatever condition that they were in. It, they just had to, they had to do it. And that's the key with us, man. I'm gonna tell you what: when it's time for the Spirit of God, when He wants things to be birthed, and He He starts brooding in your life, it's gonna seem like chaos, but it's gonna be Him. And if you'll just let go of your control, he will birth himself in you. He will come out of you and make manifest what has been in you for years. Now let's keep reading. Now while this chaos is going on, there's shepherds that are out in the field. (laughs) Look at this. Isn't it funny that we're in, I, I never thought that this, all of this scripture would fall on Christmas, but it's a divine thing. So uh, I never thought I'd be reading out of this starting a few weeks ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and now here we are on Christmas. So let's, maybe there's something in here for us today to encourage us that my God, maybe this Christmas, if I would allow there to be uh, chaos in my life, instead of trying to be perfect, uh, being in perfection, I could let God actually birth something. So it says in verse eight, now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields. They're living in the fields. If you want to be a true shepherd, you got to live with them. You got to be a part of your flock. We won't get into that one. But it says keeping watch over their flock by night. Isn't that crazy? Most of us, most shepherds like to have a day, but Man, watching people when they're going through darkness is not fun. And most most uh, shepherds, most sheep are abandoned when they're in that place of darkness. But there are shepherds out there right now that are rising up that will stay with their flock even by night when they're going through darkness. And that's what these shepherds are. They are faithful shepherds of the Lord. And God knows it because he's about to appear to them. And it says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be uh, the sign to you. You will find a babe you'll find the spirit wrapped in a bunch of nasty clothes and lying in a manger. (laughs) And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on the earth, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who had heard it marveled at those things which were told by them, told them by the shepherds. Of course, Mary kept all these things in her heart. <clears throat> One thing we can understand about these shepherds is they agree with where the Spirit of God is being born. It wouldn't matter if they if the Spirit of God came and said, hey, he's being birthed down here in, in this brook. Uh, I want you to give him homage. Or, hey, the Spirit of God uh, is being birthed down here in the hood. They would, get, they would run to the hood because they know Jesus is being birthed there. They'd run to the hood and give him homage. They'd start praising him. What does that mean? That means those that really follow the Spirit are led by the Spirit. And they take on the Spirit's mind. And if you were, and prophetically, if you're the shepherds, uh, they're basically saying, hey, uh, the Spirit of God is being birthed in an old manger uh, down at the hood. It's an, an abandoned man, manger from the 1700s. Uh, but nobody's ever been there. There's got a, a lot of cobwebs and so forth. And uh, there's, there's homeless people that live there. But that's where the Spirit of God is being birthed. We would run to that place just like the shepherds did and start praising the Lord because that's where the Spirit of God is being birthed. But these days with our westernized thinking, we look around and we're looking to where the Spirit of God's being birthed. And it's always, we think that he's being birthed in all these glorious places. But there is not a good place in any of this Bible to where the Spirit of God was ever birthed. My God, he was birthed through Moses, which was a murderer. I mean, he there, there's all kinds of, look, he was birthed through uh, Paul, which was a murderer of Christians. All type. He was birthed through Peter, which was a a, a a sword swinger and cut people's ears off. I mean, you look at the the places that he was birthed. We would have said, no way, that is not going to happen. That person is totally disqualified to birth Jesus, to birth the true prophet of prophet of God, to to even be a, a holy one of the Lord or a man of God. But these shepherds were told, hey, he's being birthed in a manger. They took off and they sought him and they found him. Now, if they were looking for uh, sanitized places that were supposedly holy, they would have missed him. And they basically, prophetically, these shepherds, true shepherds, true people of God that truly follow the Lord and are with his people out in the field, their mind has been changed. And when God told them he's in a manger, they just went. And there's a lot of us out there, even those that are probably watching. He's going to start showing us where he's going to be birthed. And your mind's not going to want to agree with it. Oh, I don't need to move there. That, there's nothing really happening here. Why don't you send me to so-and-so? They're having some type of major revival, you know, or the worship is really good. And, or, man, they got a good program there. God doesn't work in programs. He works through the Spirit. And, man, I'll tell you, 
He's going to start showing a lot of people where he's being birthed. And a lot will not recognize it, but those that recognize it will see it and they will glorify God and they will be in the spirit. But if you were there with them looking at what's going on and you're not seeing it through the eyes of the spirit, you would walk off because you would say, God's not here. This can't be the Lord. I probably would have been one of those if I was staying in the end and I walked by seeing a girl having a you know baby in the manger, I would have thought, oh man, what's wrong with that husband? Giving his wife this place to birth this thing. Oh, this is terrible. Poor things. And walk right by my visitation. I don't want to walk by it this time. I want to recognize where the Spirit's being born. I want to recognize how he moves and has his being. And right now we're getting glimpses of how he moves and has his being. But we've got to take on the mindset of the spirit in order to recognize where the spirit's about to be birthed. And it's not in the places we planned. I mean, who would have thought that he would have come to shepherds out in the field? Think about that. But they were, I'm sure they got a revelation. The true shepherd's about to be birthed. And isn't it crazy that that shepherd that was born, he, you, you would find him out in the fields with his sheep, whether it be by night or by day. Of course, when he walked this earth, it was completely dark. And yet he still watched over his sheep in the midst of darkness. It's amazing. He fought for us. He watched over us. And that's the way the Spirit of God wants to use us. He wants to birth himself in your manger. Stop trying to clean up your hay and just listen to God. Stop trying to make a, a, a place for him. He didn't look for sanitized places. He just looked for places to be birthed. A, a soul that just says, okay, I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing, come into my life and birth me, birth yourself here. If you, I remember um, Catherine Kuhlman sitting, she said she was sitting on a park bench and she said she was just, she knew she was ugly. She was disqualified. But she said, Lord, if you want to, you can birth yourself here. I'm willing. It was just an old manger willing to allow God to come in. She wasn't qualified. She thought she self, herself being homely. And uh, before you know it, a manger was born into a general. Uh, someone that you would never think that God would move through became a general of the Lord. And uh, God used that manger to not only save, but heal many people. But if you looked at her and you were in her meetings, you would think, this is creepy. She's strange. She's weird. She's this. She's that. And it shows that God didn't change her personality. He just moved through her being, and she was willing. And he used her personality to weed out the self-righteous ones and draw in those that were truly hungry for the Lord and looking for him. It's amazing. So, 
just wrapping up here. Remember this season of Christmas, you know. Remember how the Spirit of God births himself. Take on his life. Take on his mentality. And remember him this year, you know. Remember him during Christmas. Because next year, there's going to be places that God's going to be birthed. It's not going to be advertised in a showboat. You're going to have to know where the Spirit of God's being birthed. And it's not going to look like a place where he would be birthed. But I'm going to tell you, those that really have the eyes to see and the ears to hear are going to find themselves congregated around this manger praising the Lord. And that's us. That's why I felt like it's very important this year for all of us to walk this year learning the mentalities of the Spirit and how He's birthed. Well, Merry Christmas to you guys. We've gone I don't know how long we've gone because we didn't start on time. So it's 10 o'clock. Keep praying for us. Uh, Thank you for your support. Uh, We've got a conference we're going to do at Corpus Christi uh, on uh, the New Year's. If you want to get on, I think they're going to be streaming it. It's uh, David Bendett's church and family. It's called Rock City Church. A lot of our uh, family and friends are coming down as well. Don't forget that uh, we're advertising we're going to do uh, the School of Life again in February. I think it's uh, February 18th uh, through, what was it, 24th. And if you want to sign up that, you can. You can get on the website. You can either do it online or you can do it here in uh, person. Uh, either way, I, th- I really think God's going to really bless it. We've got some uh, students that uh, came to it last year. They're coming again this year. It's going to be awesome. But uh, we love you guys. Thank you for your support and your prayer. If you want to support us, you can donate to us on our website at livingvineministries.org. Uh, we appreciate your help. We've got a lot of work to do this year. But uh, there's a lot of transition going on right now. And I'm sure there's a lot of transition going on in your spirit. So, uh, But just obey the Lord. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Just obey the Lord. Do what he tells you to do and he will take care of the rest. All right, we love you guys. Merry Christmas.